This is the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast, an unbiased conversation with a candidate for a local political office. This is a free public service of Nona.fm. So we're continuing the Meet the Candidates series here on Nona.fm. And joining us this afternoon, Jose Vicente, running for Orange County Public School Board. Yes, sir. District 2. District 2. So I appreciate you joining us this afternoon and uh, talking with us. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Uh, well, I was born in Puerto Rico, and I, uh, we came to Orlando in 1979. I was 12 years old. And up until that point, I wanted to be an airline pilot because my dad worked for the airlines back then. Maybe you can relate. He used to work for Eastern Airlines. Oh, wow, yeah. Right? So yeah. we come to Orlando. I, I barely know any English, so I go to Tampa for, for summer school for English. Come back, attend uh, Conway Junior High back then for my first year. Then my parents bought a house. They moved, and I ended up going to Stonewall Jackson uh, Junior High, which is not Roberto Clemente. Yep. It was an English as a second language school, so I told my parents I did not want to be in those ESL classes. I wanted to stay in the old English classes because I thought it would benefit me. From there, I went on to Colonial High School and graduated in 1985. I just gave up my age, didn't I? <laughs> and then from there, I went to Valencia College, well, Valencia Community College back then, and then ended up at UCF. Gotcha. So I've been in Orlando for 43 years. Wow. I, I, I've... I'm a native. Yeah. So I was like, well, that, sure. that's what I say. Anything over 30 years, 25, 30 years, you're a native. Oh, then, then I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. And then after UCF, I, I got hired by the Orlando Police Department. Uh, my date of hire was November uh, 5th of 1992, and I ended up uh, retiring February 1st of 2021 after 28 years. Oh, wow. So yes, sir. long career. Yes, sir. Great. Good deal. So what? Uh, you woke up one day and said, I want to be on the school board. Why? <laughs> you've, seen, you've seen YouTube, right? <laughs> it wasn't quite. It wasn't quite like that, right? Yeah, I looked it up on YouTube, right? No, I, I haven't been retired for a year. I felt like I still uh, could give to my community. I feel like I wanted to still serve in a different aspect. Mm -hmm. I am done wearing a uniform, so uh, what better way to serve, mentor, and to and look after the, the kids than being on the school board? Yeah. Now, while at, at the Orlando Police Department, I was uh, I have experience in in the recruiting unit, training as well, and I was also a member of the labor and pension boards both. So that gives me somewhat of an insight into contract negotiations and so forth. Yeah, and that and that's important. I mean, we 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 need to stay competitive in keeping teachers, and that, that absolutely. So well, without a doubt, and 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 my whole aspect is I want to recruit you to retire you. So we need to recruit the, the, the right personnel for what it is that we're trying to accomplish, make sure that they're compensated accordingly, right, so that we can keep them until they retire. And the same holds true for school bus drivers, for, for any type of personnel that works in OCPS. I want to be out there. I want to ride. I want to do a route with the school bus drivers. I want to serve lunch at the cafeteria to see how I can make their jobs easier sure. for them. Fantastic. I mean, that, that, that's, that's humble. That is honorable that, that you're willing to do that to, to get into those positions and see what, what, what their day to day looks like. Well, it, it, it goes beyond the everyday yeah. dealings of the school board, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it's not just two meetings a month is it's, it's going to be a full-time job for me. I want to visit all my schools. I want to walk around without the, the principal escorting me. I want to talk to the teachers. I want to talk to the custodians. And if I see somebody, doing going above and beyond the responsibilities 
nothing wrong with me whipping out a, a gas card, a gift card from a gas station and give it to them. I said, thank you. Right. Because what we appreciate the most as human beings is to be appreciated and to be recognized. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, it, it, one of the big things you've brought up, and I know this really harkens back to your background is safety. And, and, you know, we've seen, you know, what happened in Texas, what's happened in South Florida some years ago. And of course the trial is going on now. So it's resurfacing is, is these school shootings. What, what's your feelings on that? Um, my feelings is that we need to do anything and everything we can to minimize them or even we can't eliminate, eliminate them completely, but we can minimize them. Right. Right. Um, I, I understand that teachers don't want guns. And I, I don't want teachers to have guns. That's fine. I respect that. However, what, I, what I'm willing to do instead, I'm willing to hand you 27 tourniquets for every kid in your classroom, along with the first aid kit essentials for you as a teacher, as a staff member, to stop the bleed until we can get in there. Okay. Okay, so it, it goes, I'm, I'm going to give you the training and I'm going to give you the tools to keep your kids safe and alive until EMS, emergency medical services, can get there and rescue them and keep them alive. Gotcha. So it's almost like a community emergency response team type of, you know, would they, would they have that training? There used to be a program called that where citizens could go get that type of training to, to help their neighbors in a disaster or whatever the well, case sure. may be. So, so that type of training where they can do triage. Uh, absolutely. And, yeah. and, and the benefit that the staff will get is that they can use this at home mm-hmm. with their loved ones when they're at the mall, when they're out shopping, when they're at the movies. Something happens, they will know exactly what to do. What about prevention? So uh, the best thing to prevent a crime is to have a, an officer in uniform clearly visible. Right. Okay. So I need to get with my school resource officers, not just in my district, but in all the districts, all of our CPS, to make sure that they have the proper training, updated training, and as well as equipment that's necessary for them to do their jobs. Mm-hmm. Safety is not pretty. Okay. Keeping a, a, a safe school is not pretty. But it's practical and it works. So it's 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 a fine balance between making it look like a castle that's completely blocked off, and then having it still to where it's approachable by people, right? By, right. by the students, by the staff, by the parents, by the volunteers. Yep. But we have to make sure that our school resource officers are well equipped, equipped, and that they have the training necessary by far. And if that includes software, cameras, whatever it takes. Let's do it. So this is a big question, and I, and I don't know where you want to go with it, but it just kind of popped into my head. When when you and I went to school in the eighties, there I I don't ever remember even having a resource school resource officer. If there was, I never saw him. And I went to a pretty big school. I went to small schools, big schools. I know there were guns on campus because. Some idiot was showing off his gun in the parking lot and pegged his girlfriend in the foot, you know. So we know there were even guns on campus. We knew it went on, but we didn't have these issues. Columbine, probably the first big one in this country. Um, what changed from 1985 when you graduated? And I graduated a couple years later. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into the last 10, 15, 20 years. 
You're listening to the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast. If you're a registered candidate in a local political race, we invite you to join the conversation. Please reach out to Gabby at Nona.fm at 407-553-NONA, extension 402. Now, back to our interview. I I know it's a big question. Well, my perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a 28-year veteran. You've been on the streets. I've been on the streets, absolutely. I've worked bomb threats to school i've trained for active shooters at school so my perspective is um and and it's called video games violence in video games right it just desensitizes everybody towards violence as a matter of fact a study that i i I did that i i read about on columbine the shooters the the way they the method behind the, the shooting of the victims they used that as a video game. So they would hit, hit, miss, keep going to the next target, and come back to that one. So it was just like a video game, right? I've never heard that. That's amazing. Yes. So it's it's a whole psychology behind mm-hmm. that the um, normalizing violence through either movies or video games. Yeah. And I and I know that I I agree with you. I I, I feel that the, that is probably if we look back at between then and now, that's probably the biggest change. I think too, people are a little uncomfortable, a little more uncomfortable calling out someone that's maybe displaying erratic behavior because they don't want to be judgmental. They don't want to be getting into somebody's business. Correct. So, and. Again, it comes back to say something, say something, right? Yeah. That stuff actually works. Yep. So if, if if we can come up with with a plan that students, staff, parents, anyone sees something suspicious, sees some um, uh, not normal behavior on a student, that they need to call so that it can be looked into, mm-hmm. whether by law enforcement, whether by counselors, and so forth, right? My goal is to keep all kids safe. Doesn't matter gender preference, skin color. I could care less what they look like. They're all the same to me because we need to keep them alive. Right. So I, I want to uh, let's keep everybody safe. Right. Yep. So let's to to change gears and looking at something else. And and we're not going to cast aspersions on those that were sitting on the board when this took place a couple of years ago, but let's talk about how things were handled during the pandemic and how we dealt with students and continuing their education. Hindsight being 2020, (laughs) what would you have done different? I I don't know if I would have done anything differently. Um, We we joked beforehand, we were were washing the mail. (laughs) So we were all pretty weird back then. (laughs) Well, because it was a bunch of unknown. We didn't know. We we didn't know. So based on the unknowns that we had, we did, and I I believe um, OCPS did did an acceptable job in doing the best it could, right? So let's keep the the kids at home. Mm -hmm. Let's do homeschooling, right? Problem with that is that that exposed to a whole new set of problems. Right. right? Lack of internet. Correct. Work schedules, all type, yeah. So we didn't know what we were facing until we faced it, right? Now moving forward, we've learned lessons from 2020 that we can apply moving forward. So hopefully if it does happen again, we know how to to act accordingly and and, and do it better. Right. Right. Because if we do it the same way, then we haven't learned any lessons. Right. We we have to do it better. 
So it's, it's along the lines of do the same thing, keep the kids at home, but improve the way we dealt with it and, and try and equip them. And, and the problem was that once kids started trickling back, right, the teachers um, they were doing all the work because they had some in the classroom, some at home, right. but not getting paid accordingly. So again, that's Pay for some long days. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and, and and no extra pay, even though they have to do basically do two different sessions for the same lecture, right? Gotcha. At home and in person. So, and, and again, I don't claim to know everything about teaching in front of a classroom in the school system, public school system. I've been teaching first responders since 1997. Different types of of, of classes. I'm still, you know, in front of the classrooms teaching. Adult learning is different from. High school, middle school, and elementary. I completely get that, but I can sympathize and I can know and I, I can admit and accept that I don't know everything about teaching in the in the front of the classroom. However, what I am willing to do is to listen to them, right, to their concerns, to their needs, and if it's something that can be alleviated, something that can be fixed, then let's fix it and move forward. Because ever since I've lived here, I've always heard my friends say, "Oh, we have to move to Seminole County because the school system is better over there." Take out COVID, take away all the, you know, the, the shootings. Why is Seminole County better than Orange County, right? Even though we're eighth or ninth largest in the, in the nation, mm-hmm. we need to do what we can to not only make it equal to Seminole County, but be the best in Central Florida. And I believe with the type of budget that we have and the backing and the support that we have, that we should be able to do that. So I know Orlando, you know, Orange County is different. I've lived in Seminole County. Uh, I lived in Seminole County for a number of years. And you're right, they are an A-plus Brady County district this this past year. All the way, by the way, all the schools in Lake Nona are A rated. If you go from five twenty eight south, uh, I do believe every single school was A rated last year. But obviously, there are some schools in the county that are below that. You know, have to be because overall the district is not an A. How how do you can you dig deeper into that? How do you help those schools in the areas that you know? the areas that we know where typically they do struggle. So let's look at the A-plus schools, the A-schools, mm-hmm. see what they did right, and if that's something that we can adapt and use in the ones that are not A-schools gotcha. to bring them up to that level. It, it, and, and, and again, I don't claim to know everything, but I am willing to sit down listen, actively listen, and, and do whatever we can to improve the, the district overall. So, again, like I talked about my school resource officers, not just in District 2, I want to talk, sit down and talk to all of them, the whole district, and see how we can improve things there. By the same token, I am more than happy and willing to sit down with representatives from each district, mm-hmm. right, and talk to them and see how we can improve. Now, when I talk about school resource officers, I don't want to talk to the chief of police or the sheriff. Right. You want to talk to the person talk at the school. To the, yeah. the, to the worker bees. Yep. They're the ones that can tell me what's going on, good or bad. Yeah. Same thing happens on the teaching side and the classroom side. I want to talk to the teachers. First year, fifth year, tenth year, twentieth year. Let's get them all together, a good representation of all of them, and move forward together towards a common goal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In closing, give us your final thoughts. Why Jose Vicente for Orange County Public School Board District Two? Um, I am full of energy. I mean, just because I'm retired from one job doesn't mean that I don't have the energy. Um, again, I'm passionate about what I do. I want to just not keep them safe. I want to make it better for the teachers, for the students, for the staff. They need to feel comfortable and safe 
as teachers, as students, before they can, the learning process can happen, right? So I will, I, I'm willing to sit down. I want to sit down with, with the union for the teachers. I want to sit down with the PTAs and see, again, how we can all move forward as a group towards a common goal, which is the success. Now, I, last thing, I want to look at uh, more tech programs. For example, my niece, up in Virginia, she graduated from high school with her cosmetology license. Yeah. So college is not for everybody. Right. But it is our responsibility, right, on the board and, 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 and the district to make sure that those students are ready for real life. Equipped. Equipped for real life. So let's bring back shop. Let's bring back, you know, HVAC or whatever. Because if they can graduate and already have some sort of certificate to get into the workforce, then we as a district, we all win. Great. I appreciate you coming in. Thank you for spending time with us. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast. This is a free service of Nona.fm. If you are a registered candidate in a local political race, we invite you to join the conversation. Please reach out to Gabby at Nona.fm at 407-553-NONA, extension 402. This podcast has been produced by Gabriela Perez-Ortiz.